Channeling Spirit Virtual Summit, a platform where we have invited spirit to share messages, healings, and transmissions with all of us. May this energetic experience help us to expand our awareness and to deepen the relationship we have with our higher self, our spiritual team, and with Source, however we define them. Thank you for being here and for taking part in this amazing journey. So welcome to the Channeling Spirit Virtual Summit. Welcome back. My name is Daniel Martinez Stahl, and uh, with me for this session is Ana Maria Vasquez. She is, um, I don't want to say specialized in, but she tends to focus her intention around the natural realms. Um, there's a lot of other things that she does beyond just the natural realms, but that is kind of the area of, um, of interest that she has, and so that's what she plays with. But I will let her introduce herself, and then we can we can go from there. Well, first of all, Daniel, thank you for creating this platform. It's so important that we have these soulful conversations and have the realization that there's so much more going on than meets the eye. So I'm grateful to be here and to be a part of the conversation. And like you said, I, I'm the go-to nature girl, right? Like I help people understand the messages coming from the natural world, be it trees, rocks, rivers, mountains, animals as well. Today we're focused specifically on, on the, the nature realm. And I find that we get there starting just that lure, right, of nature. And then we go into the symbology and then we create that bond that allows that flow of information, not just us giving gratitude, but actual information from the divine coming back through the life force energy in a tree, a rock, a mountain, a river. So I'm giddy to be a part of this conversation. <laughs> and, and, you know, to be honest with you, it's, it, as you know, I love having conversations with you and, and it's always a lot of fun what, what comes out from, from both of us. Um, and uh, I wanted to kind of um, mention that within my own experience, there's a lot that I play with with nature. I don't feel like that's going to be an area that I'm going to be focused on, but I do. There, there's a bird that's been coming to the windowsill, and it's the first time that I've noticed a bird on the windowsill. They play in the tree in the bushes next to me, um, but I've never had a bird come up to the windowsill, and it was just playing on the windowsill, um, you know, in the last session with Florentine. And, and so there's little things, there's little subtleties in the way that nature interacts with us that of course we can, you know, we can make things up and we can read into it, whatever we want, but I enjoy reading into it, however I want, you know? And so this is one of the things that I want to invite everybody else that's listening to is, you know, given that we're having a conversation with Ana Maria about the natural realm, be a little bit more aware of what happens when a bird crosses of the hundreds of cars that are driving on a road, all of a sudden a bird crosses in front of my car. Why me? Why did it decide to choose to cross my path? 
And so for me, this is a way that I feel nature is saying hello to me and acknowledging me. This is the way that I respond to it. This is the, the way that it feels to me. The bird that came on the windowsill, I get the feeling that it enjoyed the energy that we had and it wanted to be closer to it. Um, and so this is the way that I interpret these things. And there's no right or wrong, but I love playing with that relationship where nature is communicating with me. And so I, will, I this is... This is what came to mind to share. So, you know, over to you. Well, you know, there's always a mundane reason for things, right? Like there's the 3D reasons that happen, right? A bird is flying from here to there, or it's nesting season. So they're just preparing, they're looking for little bits. But there's also always an energetic reason for things to happen. And like you said, there is this subtle energy that's happening that's asking for our attention and what i've learned is the more we say yes to those subtle experiences the more the bigger profound situations occurrences happen and i always like to see it as like you know we've asked a question or we've created a space and then it's like the divine says, cue the bird, right? Or cue the bunny or cue the hawk or cue the river, or whatever it is. And like I said, when we move from having nature as this pretty backdrop into being in collaboration with nature, right? It's life force energy. There actually is no other, as we know. And nature is one more aspect of that. And so as we move into a collaboration, not only do those things, those one-off experiences tend to happen more often, but they also become much more profound and big in their impact to us. And we can see the correlation to either the intentions that we're setting or the questions that we're asking. So it behooves us to pay attention, right? Like some of us, like me, I'm, I'm such a nature girl and nature's my portal. That That is my portal to the divine. And then there's other folks who have one-off experiences and then a whole spectrum of folks in between. So I say, if we're asking for help, let's not worry about where it's coming from. Let's just tune in and listen to the guidance that's being offered to us in, in any particular moment. And right before we got on, there was a bluebird sitting on the post right outside here. And they're just so beautiful, these Rocky Mountain bluebirds. And it's all about happiness, right? And possibility. And they're connected with that element of air, which reminds us to get out of our head, right? We want to analyze. We want to think everything through. We want to figure it out. And that's just not the path of the divine. It's not about figuring it out. It's about being open to the possibilities. So I was so grateful to that bird. And it was funny because I was focused on tech stuff, right? Like, is this working or that? And I kept hearing the tweet and I wasn't really, and then all of a sudden I looked, I was like, oh my gosh, right? Like a friend is talking to me and I'm not even noticing. <laughs> so I then spent some time with the bird, but I love that you had a bird too while you were there with quarantine because that's such, she's great energy, uh, that bird energy. Again, anytime we've got a bird, we know we're being called to get out of our thinking head, right? Rise above, transcend that thinking mind, connect to the divine intelligence. So yeah. that's where what I mean when I say we can use symbology to hook in to the flow of information uh, that's trying to come through to us. So 
whether you're someone who already is a tree talker or a rock talker, or an animal talker, or whisper or whatever, or whether you're just leaning into the possibility, um, it opens up a new door. And what I love about my personal relationship with nature and what I've seen with other folks is the more we lean in, the more nature leans in and the more is revealed. So whether you're new to the concept of working with the natural world as that portal to that divine connection, or whether you've been doing it for years, there's so much more waiting to be revealed to us. So it never gets old. It never gets stale. It's always a dynamic evolving relationship. Yeah. And like I say, I love playing with it. Like there's the other day, a couple, a few days ago, I noticed an ant, a solitary ant that was kind of running around my floor, just, just in front of my couch where I eat. And I'm sure there's crumbs with it. And so there's that whole 3d side of things that of course the ants attracted to the crumbs, but then I saw it again in the kitchen and I'm almost sure it's the same one, at least, you know, I'm assuming it's the same one. Um, and then last night, while I was doing stuff on my computer with the lights out, I saw a little solitary ant running across my keyboard. And so I don't have a lot of exposure to ants. So why is it that in the last three days, this ant had wanted to get my attention? And maybe it's not the same one. Maybe, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm kind of playing with the idea that it's the same right. one. It might not be. But what I'm pointing out at is this idea that if you start seeing the same thing over and over again, chances are that there's some meaning behind that. And one of the things that Anna Maria and I talked about during the interview that we'd had for my podcast was the idea that the, the symbolism of an animal lean into what it means to you. You can always look it up in Google and get other people and get the kind of the, the generalized meaning of it, but really lean into what that, what that symbol represents to you. Um, so though Anna Maria can tell me what an ant means to me, um, and I might ask her, I might also go to Google and see what the ant means. What I'm looking for is what resonates with me. It's not what she says, and it's not what Google says or what I find. It's really what resonates with me. It's like, where's the, where's the, the gold in this conversation that's really, really wanting my attention. And so that, that's what I wanted to just kind of bring up. Um, Pure Brilliance asks, what do house dogs symbolize? I've never wanted a pet, but dogs seem to be attracted to me. That's really good. I want to do this ant piece first, then we'll go to the dog. But you're right on the mechanics of the mechanics of the energy when we are getting messages from spirit in whatever way that happens. It's important, like you said, to pay attention to what's showing up. And what's showing up repeatedly, right? On, on some level, it doesn't matter if it's the same ant or not. It's the fact that you don't normally have interactions with ants. And all of a sudden there's three, right? Like I like to use that number. Is this happening, you know, three or more times? Is it out of place? These are things that hook our attention. And again, I feel like it's the creator saying, you know, cue the ant and let's see, you know, what he's getting. And it's most important that just like you said, that you resonate with that message. So I always like to encourage people to come up with their own symbology library first, right? What's the first thing you think of when, you know, you think of ant or dog or, or whatever it is. And we've got kind of, like you said, there's an overall general, even archetypical energy, more generic for a particular animal, but then there's a more personal piece and our subconscious, right? 
the energy, that divine energy is triggering our subconscious mind through whatever's happening. And that's our cue to go in deeper. So ants typically, and this is so interesting that this would be happening while you're in the middle of this amazing offering, that ant has to do with community and also building, right? Like they're amazing architects. So we've got these huge, out here in the Rocky Mountains, we have these huge ant hills. They're just, they're, they're like, ancient anthills or something they're just huge so different than what i've seen any place else and it's about community so we can look at right because then we think oh my gosh but there's ants in my house that's a problem right i mean i'm always i'm constantly relocating insects from inside our home to something that's more appropriate for them and for us and so we want to look at that there with community with building something new there's that divine side right like oh we're all coming together and then there's the shadow side, the problems it brings up, the little pokey things that happen. And so we're just looking for that balance. Now, when we're talking about dogs, when we're talking about domesticated animals, it's a little bit different, but it's kind of splitting hairs uh, versus animals in the wild. Because, right, like, I've got a dog, I've got a cat, I've got a hamster, whatever, in my home that's living with me. But overall, dogs um, symbolize loyalty. And with all animals or insects or, or whatever we're talking about, they're all reflecting messages back to us, about us. It's not even about us with that animal, although there are times that's happening. It's really about us and how we're showing up in the world. That animal is acting as a messenger to reflect back our inner terrain, what's going on. So the person that asked about the dogs, right, like never been much of a, a, a pet person. And all of a sudden he's feeling drawn to that. And what I would say is really happening in an animal. Absolutely. Animals are like this amazing way for us to heal our inner child while we're working with an animal, right? Because we're talking baby talk to them, we're giving them treats, we're taking care of them, we're making sure they're nurtured and cared for, and maybe in ways that we weren't nurtured and cared for, or consistency, or whatever that is. And so I would take a look at what's going on for you about loyalty to yourself, right? What's showing up? And I would say that this summit is part of that, you know, getting your attention, channeling spirit to stand more in your truth of who you be, and less of what everybody else thinks you should be. And again, it can be helpful to have an animal, right? Because they're going to reflect things back. The way the energy works is when animals are in the wild, they, you know, they have to direct their attention to all these different things, their energy to food and mating and not getting eaten and all these things. When they live with us, we take care of that, right? Like, Nothing in my house is going to eat one of my other animals. It's just, it's not going to happen. And, and we've taken steps to make sure that, you know, there's no procreation happening and they get their meals on a regular basis. And so what we're able to do, though, then is the animal directs all of its attention and energy to us. Because if you think about this, right, when I'm in a good mood and my dog comes up to me, I engage and I play and I'm handing out treats like it's the lottery, Right. But if I'm, you know, contracted or stuck in my head or out of alignment and the dog comes up, I'm going to be like, go lay down, right? Like my energy shifts completely. And so what happens is our relationship with animals on an energetic level, they take on energy that we either can't, won't, or don't know how to process. 
And just like our bodies, right? When there's some, some energy that we're not dealing with, it's going to show up somewhere in our physical body or emotionally. The same thing will happen to animals. And so they'll reflect back things to us. You know, a lot of times you hear about the cat that won't go in the box, but goes everywhere else in the house. Well, aside from, and we should always check for physical issues, right? Like check with your medical professionals to make sure the animal's healthy. But oftentimes it's showing um, this message about boundaries and where we're not keeping our boundaries, right? Where we have these wishy-washy boundaries. And a lot of us can, can relate to that. And the dog, right, that is being aggressive out of fear. There's this piece where we're not standing in our power. And that dog as a pack animal is like, oh my gosh, we don't have a leader. I guess I have to do it, but I'm scared. I don't know what to do. So they're going to be in the defensive, right? And as soon as, when I work with people, as soon as they start to claim their power, the dog can relax and be like, oh, okay, we do have a pack leader. There is someone running the show. I don't got to do it. <laughs> so there's these subtle pieces or not so subtle that reflect things going on in our own inner terrain, our own energy field that we can get feedback from the environment in different ways that share with us, right? And as I work with the natural realm, I'm talking about the elements, right? You know, whether it's earth or air or fire, um, those aspects can be talking to us as well. Today, right now, it's a beautiful, calm, clear day. It feels like, you know, here we are getting clarity. That makes a lot of sense. We can also look at the directions. Uh, you know, like I was talking earlier about the birds. Uh, birds correlate with that element of air, but it also correlates in the traditions that I've learned from with that direction of the east, new possibilities, right? New opportunities. And I feel like just having these conversations is opening up new possibilities for all of us, new opportunities. So we can move through our life with a greater rhythm and flow and a greater insight, right? It's like we put out an intention or we ask a question and then we get feedback from the environment and then we can course correct or adjust based on what we're getting back. So just like, you know, when you're doing the logistics of running something like this, you see what works, you see what doesn't, you see what needs tweaking. It's the same thing, just in another realm. And so before we get into kind of the questions that people are asking, and thank you for, for your comments and your questions, absolutely, we do want to get to them. But before we get onto that, I want to give you an opportunity, if there's anything that you want to share about what the natural realm wants to share with us, if you want to do that now, or if you want to go into that later, this is your show. So however you want to engage with the community that's present with us right now, and how you want to engage with the messages that want to be shared with us, I leave it entirely up to you. Yeah, well, let's let's do a little bit about what's been coming through, right, as I've been percolating on, you know, and asking. To me, it's never about me and what I want to share, right? Like, I'm interesting on my own, but <laughs> the, the divine, right, that plan that comes through the natural world, that is so much more expansive. <laughs> and so I'm always in the listening, what is it? you know, trees, rocks, plants, mountain that you want to share, clouds, all of a sudden, all these puffy clouds have shown up in this bluebird sky. Uh, what is it that you want to share 
so that I can be the voice, you know, I can be the mouthpiece for that. And I feel like, again, whatever level you resonate with channeling spirit, right? Some people, it's the angels. Some people, it's the ascended masters. Some people, it's angels or their guides or, or whatever that is. For me, it's the natural world. It's the life force energy that flows through that. And regardless of what avenue, right, or what conduit you're looking to use to receive these messages in your own life, Spending time in nature can help raise your vibration and help you recalibrate so that you can better receive those messages. Again, whether it's from an ascended master, whether it's an angel, going into nature, being in nature, we get flooded. There's things happening on the physical and physiological level uh, to our bodies, right? We're receiving all these negative ions that help us come back into balance when we're in these, you know, synthetic environments, we're getting hit all the time. We're being barraged with different energy waves, you know, radio waves, microwaves, EMFs, all of that. And those can act as neural scramblers, you know, and so it can make the messages that are coming in a little staticky. And when we spend time in nature, it helps us remember it helps us remember who we be. It helps us remember that there's more going on than meets the eye. And I know for myself personally, when I, my, my heart's desire was to connect with the animals, my mentors, my coaches, my teachers, they gave me an assignment to go out into nature for 30 days and connect with a tree every day for at least five minutes, longer if possible. And I did, right? So every day I went out to this one tree and the first day I was very sheepish about it, right? I've always been a nature girl, but I thought, well, somebody walks by and I got my hands on this tree. Like, what am I going to say? How am I going to explain this? And then even connecting with the tree, I was like, I don't even know if I'm doing this right. I don't know where your mouth is. I don't know where a message would come out if you had one. I don't know if I'm touching you in an inappropriate place, right? Like, I don't know any of this. And I kind of think this is crazy. But people who I trust and who have, who have not steered me wrong on my spiritual path have suggested that this is something that I can do that will help me connect with the animals. And I will tell you the first three weeks that I did that, I, I did it. I was very committed and consistent, if for no other reason than to say, I did it and it didn't work. See, that was stupid, right? Like, why'd you have me do that? <laughs> so I was committed if for no other reason than that. But the first day I said, you know, if you can take my all of my skepticism, all of my humanness and still come through, you know, I, I'm, I'm so grateful. And the first three weeks I did it. And I mean, nothing happened. Right. Like I didn't get any visions. I didn't hear any voices. I mean, it was just I went outside. I was with the tree. I went back inside somewhere around that fourth week. I was in my living room and I asked a question out loud. Right. And I don't even remember what the question was anymore. And I heard audibly an answer. And I was like, what? <laughs> and I also thought, well, that feels like, even though I heard it here in my living room, it feels like it came from out where that tree is. So then I'm really like, what exactly is going on here? And so I stood in the window and I looked at the tree and I said, was that you? And I got a yes, like a resounding yes. And I was like, oh boy, I've lost it, right? Like clearly I've, I've broken with reality. <laughs> this is not going to be okay. I'm going to need to seek treatment. And so I, I started engaging with the tree and 
I didn't really have a, fil- I, I don't normally have a filter actually, but I really didn't at this moment. And my humanness came through and I said to the tree, you know, it's great that you're talking to me, but I asked to talk to animals and I don't know what to do with a talking tree. I mean, it's just like just raw humanness right there, right? Like now it's hysterical to me because I'm like, it's embarrassing and, and all of that. But it's also, it's also why I'm the poster child for if I can do it, you can do it too. And so the tree explained, it's a calibration process. The animals will come. This is the first step. And I put that tree through the paces. I would ask her questions that I didn't know the answers to, but I could find out the answers. And every time she was right. And it got to the point too, where I was like, well, what's your name? What can I call you? And I got Ruby and I thought, okay. And I said, well, what kind of tree are you? And she said, I'm a red pine. And I thought, oh no, that's a little too on the nose. Ruby, the red pine, like, I don't know. So I got, I got confirmation that she was a red pine and it went on like this. It didn't matter what I was asking her. She also had the top of her uh, tree, which I didn't notice when I first started interacting with her, the crown was broke off. And cause she was in a row of other trees. So I didn't really notice. And it looked like it was in a spot where, you know how humans are, <laughs> we're just a strange breed, but we'll like top off trees to improve our view. Like that seems so ridiculous to me, but I know some people do that. And so I thought, well, I wonder if that's what happened, right? Because if you were up in, in my landlord's kitchen, he's got this huge window and the view was right through there. And I thought he doesn't seem like the kind to do that to a tree, but you never know, right? People are people. And so I, I asked her first, what happened to you? Very short, concise. She said, big storm, big wind broke off. I was like, okay. But nobody else in the line was hurt. So I was like, wow, I could be making that up. So I asked my landlord, I said, hey, what happened to that one tree? And he goes, oh my gosh, it was crazy. It was this storm that came out of nowhere, this huge wind, and it snapped the top of the tree off. And he goes, I didn't know if she'd survive all these years, but she has. So every time, you know, I would ask her, I would get things that I could verify And sure enough, within not too much time, the animals started showing up in in really profound ways. And so that piece about if we lean in just a little bit, it can help us raise our vibration to connect. Again, whatever our portal is, whether it's nature, animals, angels, the divine, whatever, it allows us to raise our vibration to connect in with that divine intelligence. And it's like such an amazing system when you think about that, like, oh my gosh, that's phenomenal. And when I, I recently wrote a book that, that just came out actually on mystical experiences in nature and that it, it was that way too. Each time I had to write a new chapter or answer another question that was coming through from the publisher, I would go out to the trees or to the rocks or to the river and ask you know, okay, my human head has some ideas here, but what is it that you want to articulate? What is it that you want to share with the humans? And so I feel like that natural realm, for me, that's everything, right? It's the portal for me to go and, and, and it's how I move through my life. But I feel like everyone can benefit. And the beauty too is, right? Like not everyone can go out in their backyard and be in a million acre forest, right? 
And that's okay, because a lot of us, a lot of folks live in, in urban areas and places where maybe they don't have as much contact with nature. And we always look for what's wrong, right? Like people listening are like, well, I live in Manhattan and no, 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 no. And what am I going to do? Well, what I've been learning about that is those of us who are those who are not able to easily access the natural realm, they're being called to work more energetically, right? Because our brain doesn't know the difference between us standing out physically with a tree or imagining that we're standing out with a tree. And so the folks that don't have the same access that maybe I have uh, or other people have can still do this and still connect and still have really profound experiences. And at the same time, they're really honing and fine tuning their ability to connect to all that is, that life force energy. And so I feel like we as humans can come up with a million excuses, right? Like why something's not going to work for us. But nature is also the poster child of life wants to live and it's going to find a way. <laughs> and we would do well to learn from that and to remember that, that there's always a way. It may not be the way we used to do it, but there's always a way. There's something that I want to add to this as well, because, uh, and again, this was a message from spirit. It was at the end of, a, I think, I can't remember exactly the, the, the format, but it had something to do with um, our uh, past life regression teacher, Scott. Um, I think it had something to do with his, one of his classes or one of the conversations that I had with him um where he or someone was asking spirit for a message oh that's what it was i was with um uh shannon who's speaking right after you um so shannon and i were helping scott in one of his classes we were kind of talking to him about our journey when when we all met together and and took the class and and at the end shannon as you will see is is another amazing channeler um and so she was relaying messages from spirit and really relevant and it really stuck with me what what spirit shared with us was every day notice nature connect with the energy of nature in some way have it be looking at a tree outside or a plant in your home or your pet or an insect that happens to be in your presence, any aspect of nature, regardless of how small it is, connect with that energy, and that's all you need to do. And, and so this is something that, that really resonated with me because I don't, you know, I'm not going into the mountains right now. I'm not going skiing every day like I, like I did for, you know, a couple of years when I was in my 20s. So there's a lot of things that I would love to be doing, which because of my environment, I'm not doing, but I've got these beautiful bushes outside my window. And like I say, the birds come in and play with it all the time. And I revel in that, the little ant that crawls across my, my, my laptop. You know, it's like, I, 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 I lean into that connection with nature. Um, you know, so I just wanted to kind of mention that for people that are living in urban environments where they can't go outside, Nature's all around us. And as and long we as nature. we are nature, we are exactly. nature, we just moved out of the woods. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so I just wanted to highlight that um, as something else to add on to what, what, uh, what Anna Maria was sharing. I would love to take some questions because I feel like as soon as we start having this conversation, like 
it goes like, oh my gosh. And people are like, well, what about this? And what about that? And, and what does it mean for this? And, and so I would love to source people that way and, and answer some of their, Beautiful. because right, if our mind has something to munch on, that's great. Then we can open up. But if we've got a nagging question, we can't seem to get past it. <laughs> yeah. So let's, let me kind of back up a little bit because there were a couple of things and I just want to honor the, the kind of the, the earlier questions. Um, so there was a comment that somebody loves nature, but the ticks keep them away from the forest. And I think that this is, I mean, this is, it, it's, it's a real concern that, that we live with in, in our three-dimensional world. Um, and um, I don't know if there's anything that you, that you want to add to that. Yeah. So when we notice that there's something, whether it's an animal or even for some people, it's allergies, right? Like they can't go out because their, their system is overwhelmed. And what we want to do is we want to look at that. So uh, we're, they're like telling me a whole bunch of stuff and I'm like, okay, we'll get to each of them. Just guide me where we want to start. So when we're looking at insects, the energy of insects, it's small, right? but it can have a big impact. And insects is always about our sensitivities to the energy. Um, and so when we've got a, an insect like a tick, right, that can also cause big problems for ourselves, our bodies and, and all of this, it's about how the negativity from the outside world gets in, right? So if we're having that problem, right, whether it's mosquitoes, noceums, ticks, whatever, an overrun of ants or whatever, we first want to look at where am I letting the outside world get under my skin, right? A tick is a really good example of that. Where am I letting all that negativity from the outside world? And especially something that can be toxic, right? Like we've got Lyme disease, we've got all these other issues with that. Where am I letting toxic energy in? And so it may even be, right, like we need to look at the vibration of our relationships. You know, we put up with a lot, especially from family, <laughs> because we have obligations and, and all of this, but we're not supposed to be giving our power away. That's not really how it's supposed to work. So first we look at that and just shifting our vibration, right? I know of folks who are working with frequencies to as a bug repellent, so to speak, where you infuse your field with certain frequencies and then that tick like doesn't even, it doesn't want to go there. Um, but that would be a great situation, right? Where if people can't go out because of some infestation or a certain issue to work on it at home, right? Like we've got a whole internet filled with beautiful videos of the outside world, of the natural world, or even you know, right now I'm looking at a 14,000 foot mountain peak. Uh, I can just sit here. I don't even have to go outside <laughs> and do that. So if we're at a place where we can't, right, for different reasons, I, I lived in one area where the mosquitoes were ridiculous, right? Like it, it looked like a mosquito test. You'd go outside and you'd be covered. Your windshield would be covered. It was like apocalyptic. It was ridiculous. And so, of course, doing the energy work around the little things that get to me, but then also sometimes we do, it's not the season for me to be out there. So I'm gonna work energetically. I'm gonna work you know, with my house plants. I'm gonna work with my animal. I'm gonna work inside. So that's a great place. We always wanna start with the energy and then what else is possible? Cause we don't wanna keep us from doing it. But sometimes there are real barriers that we need to be looking at from a different angle. Beautiful. 
And so hello to Pamela in Hawaii. Thank you. Uh, Sally likes to talk with random insects in the house. I, nice. I love that. Uh, Katie would love you to share more about your perceptions on the elemental kingdom and the way that they communicate while not necessarily showing themselves. Yeah. So the elemental realm is so fascinating. And I, I'll be honest, I'm more of a, I'm going to connect with that particular tree or that particular rock, the rock itself, the tree itself, how it kind of, or my best understanding and best way to explain it is, so, you know, as a human, <laughs> we're in this meat suit and we've got a soul and then we've also got guides right that help us you know our angels ascended masters whomever it is that we connect with you know maybe relatives who've crossed over and so i see the elemental realm like that so each tree is life force energy right there's life force energy flowing through it and the best way i could say is that that tree itself has it has its own spirit its own soul but then there are these other helpers. So nature spirits, elementals, right? The fairy kingdom, uh, the sprites, the gnomes, all of these pieces that are working with them. And, and what I find, they all have jobs of helping the natural world grow and thrive and really be in its natural rhythms and cycles, right? The earth herself at the different points of the year, you know, the summer solstice, the equinoxes, the winter solstice, gives off a measurable signal to inform all living things. Hey, this is what we're doing now, right? Scene change. <laughs> this is what's going on now. And everything takes its cue from that. And then in that aspect, the elementals would work with an individual plant or rocks or whatever it is. And what's fascinating about the elemental realm, there are folks who, who have visual contact with them, though it's a little more rare than I would say even trees talking to people. I feel like I know way more people that have conversations with trees than have actually seen elementals. But I do know a lot of people who've seen elementals. And I typically will see like the fairy realm as colored lights, uh, either in my peripheral when I'm looking to connect, or if I'm walking, there are certain you can follow the energy of land, right? And you can see certain formations and you can see, oh, that's from glaciers, did this or that. And then there's other things sometimes that you come across and you're like, a person didn't do that, but that's really interesting that the land assembled itself that way. And oftentimes uh, tree circles will, not all of them, but there are times that you come across certain tree circles that are actually fairy rings. And you can feel the energy, it's it's light, it's bubbly. You actually feel a little like punch drunk when you're in it, if you sit in there too long. And you always wanna ask permission first, right? Before going in, <clears throat> excuse me, because it's a sacred space. But once we get the yes, and we would get a yes, either we might hear a yes, we might see a yes, you might just feel lighter, or you might feel heavy if it's a no. <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> But once you get that, yes, you can go in. <coughs> I'm going to just have a coughing attack here. <coughs> While you're having your coughing attack. Thank you. Um, the one thing that I want to add to this, because this is a question that comes up a lot, is how do I get yeses and nos? And I don't, I don't hear voices yet, realistically. Um, I don't have conversations with nature. 
But what I do, which I've shared before in the conversations that Anna Maria and I have had is a very simple way of using kind of body references is when I ask a question of nature, if my body leans forward, I know that's a yes. If my body leans back or if the energy is pulling me or repelling me, I know, I know to interpret that as a yes or a no. And that's a really easy way to do it. Um, yeah, that's it. Exactly. And we start there with those cues, almost as our body as like a divining rod, right? We're going to lean in. If it's a yes, we're going to get pushed back. If it's a no, but it can also come through the other channels, right? You might hear it in your mind's ear or outside. <clears throat> Excuse me. You might feel the knowingness drop in, right? That's your clear cognizance. You just know. You might get a tingle, right? And, and it feels good. That lets you know to go forward. So the natural realm, the energy that flows through the natural realm is going to interact with your intuitive channels. And whichever one is more primary for you is what's going to come through, right? So it makes sense for you to feel that, right? Well, you got to feel into that subtle energy. And that's the thing. It's paying attention to the subtle energy. And I, we should never take it personal, right? If we connect with a tree and, and they say no, right? Like, I don't want to work with you. Or you get, the, you get the no. Because two things. One, that tree might be working on something on its own, right? It might be having its own agenda that it's doing. And or there may be another tree that's better energetically equipped to work with you with whatever it is that you're looking to work with. So I found, and the trees have said this before, like humans, we're really cute as a species, right? But we're kind of like toddlers because we really don't have our manners. And we, we kind of just take without asking and we do without asking. And so it's so important to be asking permission, right? Because we're looking to have a collaboration. We've done it for so long now where we do things to animals or we do things to nature. And it's time to have nature be present at the table <laughs> to have the discussion, you know, what, especially if we're going to do anything to let to the land, we want to spend time and connect with the land and, and, and ask the land, what does it want to do? What does it want to be? How, you know, these are our ideas. But how do you play into this, you know, this section of land here? Because we're going to have very different outcomes in our life if we're going through just doing things to everything versus being in collaboration. It's, we, we see that in our human interactions, right? Like nobody likes to be strong-armed into something. But if we're collaborating with someone and we all feel respected, that's very different. It's a whole different level of consent. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely agree with you 100%. Um, so there's a couple comments and I just want to go through really, really quickly to get to the, to the questions. I just want to respect, uh, the, the, the shares that, that have been posted. Yeah. Um, there's a comment of, uh, Kiara saying that dogs are attracted to her, that they often act as if they have met before, uh, which is beautiful. Um, pure brilliance is thanking you for the information you shared regarding her question. And then there's a question here, which relates exactly to the direction that you're going into in terms of how do we interact with and how do we 
bring nature into the conversation so that they're they're at the table of, of the decision making. Um, there's a question here. Um, what happens if we cut trees in our woods or our land, for example, a pine tree that we want to use for Christmas or to clear space in the land? How do we, and this is now me adding, how do we interact with nature in order to know and understand or to do the things that we quote unquote want to do while still respecting nature? Right, well, when we have, when we get into that deeper relationship with the natural world, it does affect the way that we live on the earth, right? And how we move through our life and the decisions that we make. I, I personally, and, and everybody's got to figure out their own path and, and do what resonates for them because it's not about a list of thou shalt not or a bunch of rules. It's really about each of us being in our own listening. I have a real hard time with the state of the planet the way that it is of cutting down any trees at this point, right? Like they are such amazing lungs for the planet, whether they are deciduous or whether they are conifers. I feel like they are doing such a vital work. And I know that some places where people live, there's, it can be overforested as well. And so sometimes for basic land management, but I, I really would like people to think twice before they are taking down something that is a living being, first of all, in and of its own right. And then secondly, something that's helping the planet so much. But there are times, right, that the way life is, we have to make some decisions on, on pieces. And so to me, it's about asking, right? Like one thing, uh, like where we live, when my partner built this, his, his first question was, how can we build the access to the land without removing trees. There's got to be a way that we could do that, right? So that we can honor those. So we might just do things differently and it might incur a bigger cost. Um, like with Christmas trees and stuff, we might want to look at, um, they, they have the living trees now that can be replanted afterwards, something like that. But we want to first ask, right? Is there is this necessary, this thing that we're wanting to do? Is there another way to do it? And how can we do it with the utmost respect? There are times, right, trees are diseased or something happens, um, you know, a tree gets hit by lightning and it becomes a danger and we have to do something. What I've learned and, and what a lot of my clients will do is they'll call me in, right, to connect with the tree and let the tree know what's going on. I had um, one client, they had this beautiful tree in their backyard, huge, but it had been struck by lightning. And where it was, was right over their children's bedroom, right? And I explained to the tree, uh, this is a danger and there's children who live right under there. And if anything happens, you're going to come down. And we would hope to God that the children wouldn't be there, but we don't know. We, we, we can't regulate that. And the tree, I got to tell you, was so understanding. <laughs> the tree was like, oh my God, I would never want to hurt a child, a human at all. And so we talked about it and the tree said, well, is there any way that they can take the crown off, leave the trunk and do a carving or something, right? To honor the tree that had been there. Because especially from a lightning strike, the tree's going to die. It doesn't die right away. It's a very, very slow process, but there's a lot of um, variables that can happen with that. So when I brought that part about the cutting it down for the safety and then honoring, you know, the trunk that was left, the those people the humans were like oh my gosh we never thought of that that's a brilliant idea that's a great way for us 
to honor this tree and protect our family. So we just want to look at it in a different way. Now, if we're just doing pruning and things like that, I like to tell the tree, this is what's going to happen. This might be what you hear. This might be the vibrations. Um, or again, sometimes one tree has to come down and the surrounding trees stay. I still like to talk to all of those trees and tell them, this is what's happening. This is what you're going to hear. This is what you're going to experience. And this is the reason why we're doing this. It's kind of like, you know, for so long with children, we just didn't tell them anything, right? <laughs> like things are happening in the house and they just didn't have any right to know, I guess. And we found that, you know, they just make stuff up then about what's happening and why and how it's their fault and all of that. And, and I find that real similar with the nature world versus when we let them into the conversation. And then there's other times, right? Like uh, one of my teachers had a this beautiful parcel of land and they were going to turn it into an, an, a sustainable eco community, right? Like who's going to say no to that? That sounds great, right? Like everyone would be on board with that. Well, this teacher knew anytime you're going to do anything with the land, you need to, in, in his case, he was taught to go on a vision quest, spend three days out in the wilderness and, and ask these questions. So he went out. And he says, this is what we're going to do. We brought these investors together. We're investing and in showing people that you can create these sustainable communities, on and on and on. And he got immediately, you have no idea the sacredness of this land. Even with that high vibrational project, you would still be upsetting a ridiculously ancient sacred site and multiple sacred sites that are here. So when he came off the mountain and he went and he did a walk on the land again, all of a sudden he started seeing these stone seats, for lack of a better word, that were set up very intentionally around this parcel of land. It's a pretty big parcel. And he started understanding more and more about, oh, my goodness, there's some ancient wisdom here and we're just going to bulldoze over it. Right. And that would never, you know, you, you could never reclaim that again. And so he had to make the very difficult decision and conversation to tell these investors, like, so about this project, right? Like the land is not on board with it. And what we want to do instead is a sacred land sanctuary where we can bring people and teach them how to interact with the land. So we don't even know what we don't know, right? And that's why it's important to keep the conversation inclusive. There's something that I want to add to this, and, and forgive me if I'm kind of out of place, but um, it also helps to answer some of the questions of what do we do if we need to cut down a tree? And I know that I, I know that I feel bad when certain things happen, when I've got to do something and, and you know, in my humanness, I bulldoze over something. And one of the responses that I've heard from spirit with regards to questions like this is, Every single living being has a spiritual element to it that knows exactly what is happening and is on board with what is happening. So at the higher level conversation, a tree knows that it's going to get cut down. Whether we tell it or not, it knows, its soul knows that it's going to get cut down. Um, and this isn't, you know, free reign to go and cut down all the trees. But there's an element where I know for some of us, at least for me, there's an element of tranquility that I feel by knowing that at a higher level, there's a knowledge of exactly what's going on. And the tree is aware of its, its, its journey. Like in, in my sister's neighborhood, it kills me 
the the town decided to to level up the sidewalks and in doing so they've ripped up the roots of all of the trees that are next to the sidewalk and it, it, I feel the pain. It, 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 it hurts me to see that. And I've done everything I can to send them energy and send them healing and, and help them along their journey. And I'll tell them for the ones that haven't had this done, I'm like, by the way, yeah, you're marked, <laughs> you're marked. This is going to happen. Um, and a lot of times I would kind of get the feeling of, yeah, we already know, but thank you for letting us know. Um, and so there's an element where they do know. Um, I love the idea of asking for permission. I, I love the idea of, of bringing in nature um, so much so. Um, you okay if we move on? Yeah, one more thing I want to tack onto that. It's really ultimately what you're saying is it doesn't matter. It's not about what we do or don't do. It's about the energy that's behind it, right? And as humans, if we have that inclusive energy and that understanding that everything is energy and it's all around us, we're going to interact very differently than when we've got that human centric perspective of we are on the top of the chain of everything and we can do whatever the hell we want, right? It's just a very different energy. And people have said to me, well, you know, if, if the grass is alive, well, how the hell do I cut my lawn, right? Like, oh my gosh, right? Like, what do we do now? Well, you can still cut your lawn, right? And and maybe you want to rethink lawn even, right? Like that may not be the best thing for the environment uh, and the ecosystem that's there. But tree pruning, uh, hedge clipping, uh, grass mowing, it's like a haircut is how they've explained it to me. So you don't have to be afraid, right? Like as we step into our consciousness, sometimes we get immobilized. Like, well, what can I do if everything's alive? Yikes. Well, we interact very differently. We bring a different level of consciousness. And that's really what we're talking about is raising our consciousness. Yeah, I love that. And it, it, there's something that keeps on nagging at me to, to, to share. Um, when I was uh, a teenager, we were, I was in a survival living course uh, that I took. And our instructor was at one point asked us to, you know, pull the leaves off of a tree for something. And instantly I felt like I needed to ask permission to do that. Like, I'm just not just going to go up to a tree and just yank its leaves. And for whatever the reason it hit me at that point, I can still remember the moment where all of a sudden it occurred to me, I'm not just going to yank a leaf off of a tree without asking permission. And at that point, I didn't know to listen for a yes or a no. It was like, I'm going to do this. I hope it's okay. <laughs> Sorry. And, you know, but at least there was some level of interaction of kind of appreciating and gratitude. Um, and when I see little kids kind of walking by plants and kind of yanking leaves, I apologize to the plant on their behalf. I'm like, you know, they're little kids. They're just playing. They don't really realize. And so there's an element of interaction. Like you say, when we start becoming aware of the energetic relationship that we have with nature, how we act and what we do and how we interact with it changes. Um, so you okay if we move on? Perfect. Yeah. Um, so similar kinds of questions. Um, I have many trees in my yard. How do I pick a tree? Uh, so this, uh, let me kind of back up a little bit. Bev, I'm going to get back to that question because you asked two questions here. 
I have a tree that is going to be cut down because of power lines. How do I tell this tree that I'm sorry? And we just kind of talked about this a little bit, but I don't know if there's anything else that you want to add to that. Yeah, it's, it is. It's a culmination of everything we've been talking about. Um, whether it's the picking a tree, right? Like what I say is follow your nudges. Where are you drawn to, right? Like there's a bajillion trees out here as I'm looking, but we'll feel drawn to a particular one for some reason. We don't know really what it is. Maybe the tree's calling us. We, we don't know. We're not maybe, or maybe we do know the tree is calling us. I remember I did a session with someone and she goes, so I was out for a run. And all of a sudden I passed this bush and I heard it say hi. And she goes, I stopped and looked and, and she goes, is that possible? Could that tree say hi to me? And I'm like, yes, it can. <laughs> yes, it does happen. So sometimes like that, like she knew I can go back to that bush. This tree already made, or this bush already made contact with me. There's one I can talk to. So I would just go out with an open heart and see where you're drawn. Um, when it comes to telling a tree about what's going on, you can either go out to the tree, but again, everything is energy. You can just visualize that, you know, you could sit in your house and visualize it, connect with the tree. I like to use the breath, right? That's life force energy, that element of air engaged consciously. It connects us to the heart space, activates that heart coherence, creates the bridge to the quantum field where we can connect to everything. So from there, we can connect in and let them know what's going on, let them know what's going to happen, let them know, you know, if, 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 if we have any remorse about it or, or if it just is what it is, right? Like we don't have to feel bad. Feeling bad isn't part of the whole deal, but it is awareness that we want to bring to it. So we can, and we can ask the tree, is there anything you need, right? Sometimes it's an energy. It's not just about us connecting and us getting things. I like to connect and set the intention that both of us, both beings are receiving whatever it is that we need, right? I don't even have to know what it is that the tree needs. But together, we can create that amplification that the tree can receive whatever specific energy or, or whatever it might be that it needs, a frequency, a harmonic. And that can be nothing more than your intention that you set. There was, so piggybacking on this, and I apologize, there's some beautiful questions that I do want to get to, but uh, this is what happens with Anna Maria and I. We just, <laughs> we feed off of each other and we have this wonderful conversation and it's so much fun. Um, there was... I don't, I won't go into the details, but there's, there was a moment in my life where I gave my higher self permission to connect with the higher self of another being. And I allowed that other being permission to ask my higher self, whatever it needed to, to feel comfortable and to do whatever it needed completely unconscious of whatever conversation happened. The next day I was told by I do want to give some background here. A friend of mine took me to visit his grandfather that was in a nursing home who was basically in a kind of a coma, in a coma-like state. He was just not responsive. And he'd been like that for a long time. And while my friend was giving him respect and being with him, holding his hand inside of the bed, I sat in the back of the room on the windowsill and I just closed my eyes and I said, You've got permission to communicate with me in whatever way you want. You've got permission to ask and interact with my higher self, to do whatever it is that you need to do to feel comfortable and whatever it is that you need. No intention, no outcome. I didn't say if you, if you want to die and you know, you've got permission, none of that. It was just whatever you need. 
the next day, his friend gave me a call and said that his, that his grandfather passed away. You know, it's like the permission that we give nature when we interact with nature, it doesn't have to be a conscious thing. We can just invite the energy to do whatever it needs to do. And we give space from our higher self to connect with nature. Like Anna Maria was saying, we don't need to know what it needs, but just the fact that we're giving them that space, that invitation to play off of our higher self and to interact with our higher self is enormous and it's beautiful. Um, and so I wanted to, 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 to mention that. Um, Susan talks about how she's trying to save trees on a small island that she lives on by changing people's attitudes towards them, but it's difficult and she needs help. Is there some kind of protection that she can use? Anything that you can add to that? Well, what I would say is talk to the trees, right? One of my favorite things is these trees are all connected through this underground network, right? And I will always say, do you guys know a tree that knows a person that could help with this? Is one of the questions I'll ask the trees. So I would definitely talk to the trees, you know, have your tree committee and have them help because there are things, right? There's this bigger picture that we don't always understand. And I'm thinking about like, oh, when something tragic happens and, you know, like when that, uh, I believe his name was Cecil the lion was killed for trophy hunting and it was a big deal. And one of the things that came through it was he on his contract level, he agreed to it to wake the humans up, right. To see that they're, you know, right. There's all the circle of life. We all eat something else, right. To live, but there's also some frivolousness, and some some of some of that in the human and and if we can see the effect that our actions have we a lot of us would change our ways right like people that eat meat they're they're not happy to hear that animals are being tortured right like they're like i just need to eat the food i don't need all these other low vibrations to happen and there's definitely a way to do it without those low vibrations so it wakes us up. Sometimes these really bad things will happen to wake us up. And so for her with the trees, I would connect with those trees and have them connect with other humans that can help her help the situation. And always with everything, we have to let go of attachment. Even though we, we know it would be best for the trees to stay on so many different levels, that might not be part of the plan. And we have to let go of that attachment. It, even as high as our intentions are, that might not be the plan that needs to go through. So we should do everything that we can within, you know, inspired action and in that. And then we have to let go and we have to let it unfold the way that it's going to unfold. Beautiful. Love that. Sally has a tree in her garden that hasn't been thriving for a few years. It has amazing flowers and it's always, it always uplifts her when it flowers. How can she help find out what it needs? Yeah, so I had referenced um, my book earlier and there's a story in the book. So I, I wrote the beginning and the end and then we had these stories from other people that had these profound experiences with the natural world and one of them was about this plum tree and this woman had started connecting with the tree same thing like it had been thriving and then all of a sudden like 
it's the middle of summer and there's no leaves on this tree. It's not doing well anymore. And she just intuitively started connecting with the tree. She had been learning Reiki. So she started offering Reiki to the tree. And the next season, it not only came back, but it was prolific <laughs> in what it was bringing through in terms of all of a sudden it had like more plums than she could even deal with at this point. So what I love is that piece about where we can hold the space for nature to come back into balance as well. It's not just about what can we get as a human, right? So often we're like, I'm going to collaborate or I'm going to connect, you know, to try and call this in or this, that, or the other, our own agendas, but to just be there for that tree, right? So just your interaction with the tree. Um, we know from studies, even in the 20s and 30s on plant intelligence, that plants were doing their thing on their own until a human walked in the room. And then every plant turned its attention, directed its energy to the human. And it's crazy when you think about it, right? Like what, why would that happen? What I, my understanding is there was a time when we as the humans were connected, profoundly connected to nature. I mean, just think about our ancestors who, had to be in tune with the natural world for their own survival, right? Like what's happening in the natural world was important for their survival. Well, as we progressed, right? It's not always progress. <laughs> Sometimes we regress and we've forgotten these pieces. And it feels to me all the time, like the natural world is waiting, right? Like, please let the humans remember. Please let them remember that we've got this collaboration. We have this relationship. And it's not just about, you know, being a tree hugging hippie that's saving the whole world, right? It's deeper than that. It's more profound than that. It's this other level, again, of collaboration and how when we're in collaboration with the natural world, we, we make different decisions. We, we behave differently. We move on the earth in a different way. So definitely go out and, and, and give love and hold the space for whatever the tree itself needs, knowing and letting go of attachment, right? Like, cause it'd be really easy for us to do that and then be like, well, the damn tree died. <laughs> what, what the heck? Well, we have to let go of that. We have to let go of the attachment of what we think should happen, but we can still have very profound connection and interaction. So the next question is very similar. Uh, Jackie has a tree on her property that has a yellowish fungus that has started on some lower limbs. Is there anything that she can do to help her? And I know that what you just said is relevant for her too, but is there anything specific that wants to come through about how she can help with this yellowish fungus? Right, so um, of course you could do the, the 3D research and see what would help a tree with fungus. They have all sorts of things that would do that. But what I would suggest for Jackie is to just connect with the tree and ask it, what is it that you need? Sometimes trees can just shake it, right? And they'll move through it in the next season. Sometimes they can't, sometimes it's too much. Um, but what I've noticed, this is where we were talking about like with the ant, all of a sudden an ant shows up three times, right? So what something that Jackie might experience is she sits with the tree and says, I'm open to information that's gonna source you. What, what do you need? Now it might, she may not get the answer right away when she's there with the tree, but pay attention over the next three hours or the next three days, what things come into your awareness? You might even just get an insight about something that you didn't know because you're not an arborist. Or you might have an interaction with an arborist. So 
there's more opportunities. I'm going to cough again. I'm going to turn it over. Beautiful. Um, and so while uh, Anna Maria is coughing, uh, Jan, Jan or Jan, uh, I believe it's Jan, uh, just shares with us that when she trims her trees and plants in their yard, she always lets them know that she's going to do that and tells them that it's like her having her hair cut. Uh, she also tells the fairies that they will be okay and that it will not hurt them. Yes. And when she's finished with the yard work, she always thanks them all. I think that's beautiful. Sally, that's a beautiful way to do that. That's, yeah. that's phenomenal. And we have to remember too that plants have evolved and the way that they propagate is by animals, us included, interacting with them. So sometimes they make themselves more appealing, you know, so the giraffe does take those leaves because it means their species is going to go on through that whole cycle of life. But that is a beautiful way to interact. Yeah. Yeah. And Sally mentions that she feels like going out to hug the trees in her garden after this, which is beautiful. Yes. Um, Pure Brilliance asks, what about weeds that we can pull out or that we want to pull out? Uh, is it like pruning? Um, well, on one level, we're pruning the garden. On another level, we're removing that weed and it's going to die, right? So something that was living is not going to be alive anymore. And we just have to look at that, right? And just be honest about that's kind of the cycle of life too. There are just certain things, but what's the consciousness that we bring to it when we do that? And most, most gardeners, right? They also have a compost pile. So that which was living is going to be broken down and become fertilizer that's going to help that garden. So again, it's not a list of do or do not, but it's an energy. It's a consciousness that we bring to it. So if we go there, with that consciousness, it's very different than just ripping through the garden, right? <laughs> or yanking things out. And so there's another comment uh, from Pure Brilliance about how we should imitate nature. It's an incredible source of bringing us back to the zero point of time and space. Um, and I do, you know, we've talked about how nature allows us to get reconnected with us and zero point of time and space isn't language that I would utilize or, or relate to. Um, but the idea that nature allows us to become present with ourselves, and maybe that's what that reference means, but I, I think it's, it's, very, it's very true that nature does allow us to come back to our presence of what it means to be alive or what it means to exist in this moment right now without thinking about future or past. And it's just, being there. Uh, Jan talks again about a fig tree in her backyard. Uh, beautiful share, Jan. Fig tree in the backyard is a very special friend. Her name is Miss Fig. She is home to bees, squirrels, birds, and many other bugs. Uh, beautiful being a guide and a friend. That's beautiful. Um, Pure Brilliance has another question. Nature knows how to regenerate and not replicate distortion patterns it is a purifying agent, especially in this time in history. Do you think nature will create some type of natural disaster to take its power back? Well, right. The truth is, you know, I'm, I, I love the earth. I feel like I'm a guardian of the natural world. 
And at the same time, I also know that the earth could shake us off like fleas at some point and she's going to rebound just fine. Right. So she'll take care of her human problem if she needs to. But I feel like we have an opportunity as humans to do it differently, to remember this unity consciousness is really what's at the base of all of it, that there is no other, that tree and me, we, I am that tree, that tree is me, all of this. And it, it allows us to live differently on the earth. I mean, right now we can't even stop killing each other, other humans. So it's no wonder we're plowing down trees and polluting rivers and all of that. But there is a fundamental truth that the earth could take care of this on her own <laughs> and just get rid of us. And, and that would be something different, but all of nature is really, really rooting for us to remember because it means a different way of living on the earth in its entirety with each other, with the other species, yeah. you know, we're all just part of this web of life and we just seem to have forgotten that somehow. I, I want to address this a little bit directly. Um, from my perspective and my point of view as well, because we can focus on, you know, what are the natural disasters that the planet is going to create to find balance. And I would, I personally rather lean into the idea that we are playing within an energy that is a collaborative energy where we are working with mother earth to shift our experience. And through that collaboration, we're working together. And as I change my life, as I change my relationship with source energy and with nature and with my higher self, whatever that may be, I am having a much greater impact on the direction of this world than anything else that I can physically do. The, the change happens within us all individually. We are incredibly powerful the effect that we have on this dimension and other dimensions as we allow ourselves to expand and be more open is beyond anything that we can even comprehend. It, it cannot be described in human terms. Um, and so the idea of nature forcing us out because it needs to, I get the impression that it doesn't want to, but it would if it needed to. Um, that's the impression that I've, that I, that I get, um, and or, or I've been given from, from conversations I've had with spirit. Um, but it's really about being in this collaborative environment right now where we have, we were very close to a turning point where the earth would not have been able to recover. This was a message that was shared through Jamie Butler, um, Maitland, um, in one of her videos. If you go into Jamie Butler's uh, YouTube, scroll back like 2017 or 2018, there's one of those videos talks about how, oh, I was Grace actually, talks about how we were at this turning point where if we didn't shift, the earth was going to get into a point where it would not be able to recover without going into a very, a very um, destructive environment in order to cleanse. Um, Fortunately, we never went past that breaking point, which is the message that I've been getting from other spirits in the last year or two, is that we were and have been able to evolve collectively. Of course, there's still people that are destroying and causing havoc, 
but as a collective, we evolved enough to allow the planet to do what it needed to do without having to go into a destructive cleansing process. And so we're now in this turning point where the planet has already evolved. She has already shifted. Her energy is now incredibly different than it was. There's so much more energy that is being presented through her and through us to her. Um, and now it's a process of us very slowly, because it's going to take some time, evolve and shift so that we can catch up to her energy. Um, but it is about collaboration. And I would lean more into looking towards the beauty of life and what it is that we want to accomplish, what it is that we are looking for, as opposed to what we want to avoid or the tragedies that might result from devastations and disasters. And it's more about kind of shifting our focus and energy more towards one area versus another. What we focus on, we will create. And so it's just an invitation. So sorry about my little, my little spiel. That's perfect. Um, uh, do you think that we will see new animal species in the years to come? Absolutely, right? Like life wants to live. And that adaptability, that shifting, plus we don't even know what we don't know, right? Like we only know such a small little slice of what's going on. And, and some of these animals have been phenomenal at, at staying out of you um, and or coming into their own evolution over, you know, the eons. So, yes, I do believe we're, we're going to be witnessing more new species across the board uh, as we're also seeing the exiting of, of some other species. And, and again, it's not about a right or wrong or good or a bad, uh, but really about us getting on board as humans to, 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 to be connected in a different way and to realize we're not the only ones living on this planet. <laughs> there's, there's a bigger picture involved. And again, the, the message that I, that I heard through, through another channel that I listened to with regards to species and animals that are no longer with us, again, that's a choice that they make. The, the species as a whole decides that it's time for them to leave. And of course, you know, we, I don't want the, the, the elephants to get slaughtered for their tusks and it, 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 it pains me. But the quote unquote, at a higher level, the species of elephants are aware of that as their message, as their meaning, as their purpose, as their lesson, whatever it might be. And the energy of that species decides how that plays out in our collective experience. So there's at a bigger picture, there's, there's more involved than what we are consciously aware of. Um, well, it typically is humans, right? Like when we see those <clears throat> things and we have the judgment about it being bad, and I'm not saying that it's not bad. I'm just saying that when we come at it from adding to that victimization, right? Like the elephants, the rhinos, the, the whatever we're talking about, whatever species or whatever, we add to that low vibration instead of, or even if we think about atrocities that are happening to the earth or animals around the world, it doesn't help the situation to add more of that lower vibration to it, right? Like when we go into the worry and the fear and the humans are bad and 
all of this, that's a very low vibration. And it's very close to the vibration of what's already happening. We're not helping anything. We're adding more, but we're creating more of the same versus when we start to look at, you know, being in gratitude, thank you to these animals for being a part of what's playing out, right? The big act that's playing out that is going to allow some people to shift their perspective, to shift their consciousness, to shift the, the way they live on the earth. So we don't want to go into the woe is me. We want to stay in the high vibration. We want to add that to that situation, right? So often, especially with animals, when we hear something terrible happening to an animal, we, and we even say it, I want that same thing to happen to them, right? Like that same, that should be done to them. Well, that's just creating more of the same, right? Like darkness cannot chase out darkness. Only light can do that. So we need to be with these issues in a different way if we're looking for change. Otherwise, we're just going to create more of the same that we've been doing for the last couple hundred years. Absolutely agree with that. Beautiful, beautiful sentiment. Um, Susan, thanks you. She can relate to what's been said. Thank you, Susan. Sally never thought about using Reiki with a tree. She's going to do that. Uh, so Thanks, thank Sally. you. Um, Sally also asks, asks if there's anything that you can help her with her relationship with her cat. Her cat, Fred, has become more vocal over the last couple of years. She usually knows what he needs, but she doesn't at the moment. They adore each other and are very similar, adventurous, chatty, etc. although she doesn't wash her own genitals. Um, <laughs> any idea on what she's not providing for him or is there anything that you can pick up from Fred that 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 you can share with Sally to help her with with her relationship with Fred yeah this feels very much like um aging related right um sometimes as our animals get older and just like like we're seeing now right like sometimes there's these early onset dementias that we're seeing in humans that it used to be right when folks are much older, we were seeing the mind related things. And now we're seeing it younger and younger. Our animals are also we're seeing things it, it used to be, you know, 13, 14, 16 was easy for animals. Now we get them to about age five or six and we're seeing serious issues, right? 50% of animals are getting cancer. It's ridiculous. It used to be unheard of in animals. But again, they're reflecting back to an unsustainable way that we're living on the earth and then we're subjecting them to as well. With your cat, I really do feel this is kind of a gentle aging thing. I feel like he's vocalizing more as I'm asking him questions to see where he is, to see where you are, kind of... The way that I'm getting it is like echolocation, right? He's like putting out the meow, getting vocal because it lets him know where things are in the environment. So I would be with him too and see if there's anything from a supplementation, you know, more fish oil is great for the brain. Um, if there's something like that, and of course, right, he would love that, right? Some sardines or something like that, a little salmon. Uh, <clears throat> so I don't feel like it's... Um, it doesn't feel like something bad and you need to deal with this, but it feels like age related thing. And, and, you know, as we go through our lives with our animals, the way that we have to care for them shifts a little bit as they begin to age too. So just keep up that connection and let them know that you're there and that he can, he can let you know anything that he needs because you can get those insights too. Beautiful. And so there's a last comment here from Chiara about how, Last year, she asked a weed not to come into her planter box 
vegetable garden, but to grow outside that box so that the weed can grow. And this season, she has less weeds in her box. And isn't that, isn't that beautiful? It's like asking permission and saying, hey, do me a favor. If you want to live, don't grow here. Right. That's <laughs> you know? a great way to do. And you can also connect with the elementals in your garden, right? Like I'm personal to fairies. I don't know why, but I just am. So asking the fairies, you know, can you help? This is a space to grow food or to grow flowers. And we're particular about which flowers and which foods. So they can help with that. We also, we had a garden and we had uh, fire ants that had taken over. Anyone who knows fire ants, yikes, like ant on a whole nother level. And so my partner and I, we worked over the course of several weeks as we were going to be getting the garden back up, you know, for the spring season. And we'd sit out in the garden and we would explain to the ant, we'd visualize things with the ants, like, you can't live here. This isn't going to work. <clears throat> we need you to move somewhere else. So we picked a spot where they needed to go. And again, we visualized them from being in the spot they were to the new spot they were going to be over and over. And we told them, this is what we're going to do. And we're going to transplant as many of you as possible. And this is how we're going to do it. And then anyone who chooses to say, this is what we're going to be doing. So this is what you would be subjected to, right? In this case, it was like di diatomaceous earth or something. And so sure enough, the day came, we moved the main part of their nest through, you know, very careful means. And we moved them to where they were. And then we visualized again for the other ants that didn't make it in the big move to let them know you've got, I don't remember, two days, three days to move to where your new home is. And we kept visualizing and showing them how they would get there. We had very few ants that ended up staying. Uh, most of them moved. But I mean, this is like high level stuff when you're working with this and you have to be very committed. You have to be very intentional. You have to really trust and believe um, but people who have pests in their homes, the fairies can help with that too. They can help you relocate, you know, the mouse in the pantry to a more uh, appropriate place for the mouse and for you. But we first have to believe that that's even possible, right? Like, cause on one hand, it sounds wackadoodle, right? Like you crazy woman talking to some ants. Are you kidding me? And, and why did you care? Why didn't you just, you know, pour gasoline on it and blow them up or whatever, but it's about doing things in a different way and living differently. So you can absolutely do these things and we have to let go of attachment because there's a chance that maybe it wouldn't, right? For whatever reason, we don't always know best, even though we think we do. And I know that we're running out of time and, and you and I can talk forever and, and it's always a, a joy and pleasure to be, be with you and your energy and your company. Um, I would love for you to talk about how people can engage with you. So if you can talk about your free offer and the special invitation that you're, you're giving, um, I would love to, to kind of give you that, that chance. Yeah. So the, the free gift is the top five ways to connect with the natural world. It's an audio and a PDF. Um, you can go to my website, intentiontraining.com, intentiontraining.com. Uh, and when you get the free gift that automatically puts you on my mailing list where, you know, I keep you up to date on different appearances that I'm doing, different courses that I'm teaching. I'm also offering, and it's interesting because we've talked about trees so much today and I kind of knew that coming in, right? It's just the, it's the entry level, right? It's the gateway drug in the natural world to take us in is the trees. And so, um, I would refer people to 
my Trees as Messengers course because I take us through from symbology into energetics, ways to work with the trees, different processes, <coughs> excuse me, different processes that you can use to interact with the trees, some fun things like playing with the auric field of a tree where you can visually see it. So th th that's the offering that came through first when we talked about what we were doing. But again, if you go to my website, you can see there's courses on rocks, there's courses on animals, on trees, of course, my new book uh, on mystical experiences in nature. So if anything that we've been talking about here has been resonating with you, then I invite you to get the free gift and check out my course offerings. I really feel like Trees as Messengers is a great place for folks to go in deeper in this conversation. And that was a course that I'm, I'm an avid reader, right? Like I've got a pile of books always in different places that I'm like, you know, reading this, reading that, reading these research articles. And the trees took me under their tutelage for, it was like two and a half years. And they would not let me, they were very clear, like no more reading about trees for you, right? And it was like, oh, are you kidding me? And so I did, I committed, I knew. <laughs> and they taught me so much, it was phenomenal. The different modules in that course are the direct reflection of that. And when I was done, they were like, okay, now you can read. And I came across all these amazing books that were done by biologists and foresters <coughs> that pointed specifically to the things that the trees had told me that I had no way of knowing before I worked with the trees. So there's this piece where we, they can be our teachers and we can learn at, in a whole new way. And speaking of that, and you know that I'm going to ask you this, and I know that we're kind of we're we're going to extend a little bit past the 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 mark, um, which is always the danger that that you and I fall into. Mm -hmm. um, but you know that I'm you know that I'm going to ask you to connect with spirit and see what messages are are wanting to come through. Um, and and with that, I, I think it would be a great way to to finish this incredible conversation. Thank you guys all for your questions and your interaction with us. Um, and, um, and I will, again, you know, let you connect with, with nature and, and find out what nature would like to share with us. Well, it's interesting because, you know, again, in preparation, in being in the listening for this, you know, there's my human side that wants to direct it and be like, oh, this would be great or that would be great. But I know, right, like to let all of that go and to just be in the listening. And as we've been having this conversation, that piece has been coming in. And it is the trees who are talking. And they were saying specifically about using everything, using everything that's happening, the things we like, the things we, especially the things we don't like, right, that we see happening to nature, to use all of it as fertilizer for our own expansion which is so brilliant when you think about a forest, right? Like everything that happens, the new life, the death, the disease, the everything, the competition, it all plays in to the unfoldment at a bigger level. And all of those dead trees and plants become fertilizer that then fertilize the other aspects of the community that are still living and thriving and growing. And as humans, we, we don't think about fertilizer in our own life, right? Like we think about what we want, what we don't want, and we get very rigid on that. And it doesn't allow us 
to grow and expand. So use everything that you're experiencing, every reaction that you're having to what you're seeing going on in the world around you as fertilizer for your own expansion. And the other piece that's coming through that the trees understand and and us humans, man, we got hard heads. We just don't get it. When we all do better, we all do better, right? There are trees in the forest that will feed trees of other species that, you know, you would think, why would they feed that tree? If if they don't feed that tree, they're going to have more sunlight. They're going to have more resources that they can use. But the trees don't necessarily see it that way. There are times that we do see the competition issue. But overall, they know that the diversity and the variety in the forest is what contributes to the health and vibrancy of the forest. And so when we as humans, right, whether we're living here, whether we're around on the other side of the world, when we're all doing better, we're all doing better. And we do that through these conscious, this conscious awareness of the choices that we're making and how we're living. So I would say, you know, the, the, the trees are saying, come outside, come outside, get inspired. And then, right, because even if we think we know, right, like I'm going to go sign this petition or I'm going to chain myself to this tree or I'm going to do whatever. The truth is we need to be in a particular energy before we take action, because the energy that's behind our action is more important. Right. Is it a low vibration that adds to the low vibration that's already happening? Or is it divine, high vibrational, inspired action that's going to lead to a very different outcome than if we just barge in with our own knowingness like we think we know? So go outside, spend some time and listen and see what starts to come through for you. It's, you know, I I feel like that's the invitation. Go outside. (laughs) Beautiful. I love that. Um, There's some uh thank yous in the chat uh for everything that you do with nature and your support from other nature um so thank you guys all for all of your love for Ana Maria um I I uh, mirror all of the comments of of how amazing she is um so Ana Maria thank you so much for being here to you guys um we will see you in about 30 minutes a little under 30 minutes with Shannon Johnson um Who's you guys are in mutual- for a treat. She's so great. She's a mutual friend of ours. Um, and so, Ana Maria, as always, love to you. Um, you know that you're amazing and I love you to death. So um, thank you for, it's an honor to have you in my, my little camp here. I'm very excited to have you here and everything that you bring. It's just, it, it, it always, it's amazing. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you for doing this too. It's a huge undertaking (laughs) and I get that. And may you be blessed and honored and supported and everyone who showed up for this, right? Whether they're listening here live or they're in the replay, it's, it's so profound for us to come together this way and, and spark these remembrances. Mm, And for me, nature is the place to do that. So, but follow, right? Like this summit has so many great portals for you, you know, to, to connect with spirit, to connect with the divine and follow whatever lights you up. That's the path to follow. And I I love the, the cross section of, of folks and abilities that you've brought in. It's, it's really profound. So thank you so much. Very welcome. Absolutely. It's an honor and a pleasure.
So we have a little over 150 people registered, um, which is more than I was shooting for. I was shooting for 100 as a target. Um, so our live sessions have been a little bit on the smaller side, um, but I'm still hoping Typical. that. Yeah, Most people uh, listen in on replays. Yeah, yeah. so once we do the replays and, and everything, hopefully um, these messages will, will go out to everybody. But again, um, thank you for being here and being part of this project. And I look forward to the next time that we that we chat. Absolutely. So much love. Bye-bye. Lots of love to you. And to everybody else, I leave you with being spirit, being human, and simply being from love. And I will see you in about half an hour. Thank you for being part of this incredible experience. We hope that this session has inspired a new level of understanding within you, allowing you to expand more easily into the essence of your true self and become an even more powerful alchemist in your own life. We invite you to listen to the session again and again in order to go deeper each time and expand even more, have it be via the replays or the unlimited access package. If you have enjoyed being part of this event, we invite you to tell your friends so that they can join us in the future. We are grateful that you are here and we thank you for co-creating this experience with us. Until next time, we leave you with being spirit, being human, and simply being from love.